what I like about Boston? Winning the World Series. How about Big Poppy? Hey, is there a nickname for Millar? Loudmouth. <laughs> he might be Chunk now. Yeah, he's Mouth and Chunk now. He came from the <laughs> Hey, Bronson. Is it Nelson around? Oh, hey, Nelson. little guy. That's right. Nelson. Yeah, down by the river. Good morning, and welcome to episode 322 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Uh, today is Tuesday, so it's a Sam Topic Day. The way we're we're doing this tentatively this offseason is Sam Topics Monday, Tuesday, Ben Topics Wednesday, Thursday, and Listener Emails Friday. We may deviate from that from time to time, but that's that's the general idea. Uh, so what's our topic today? Uh, qualifying offers. Okay, this was qualifying offer extension day. <clears throat> what do you think of qualifying <laughs> offer extension day? Not Just the most exciting. As a... It's not, not on my calendar of exciting uh, events. It's not, not near the top. Is it higher or lower? <laughs> I guess calendars aren't ranked generally. No. So nothing's on the top of a calendar generally, unless like it, it's like sometimes you might like leave your calendar on like a table and then you might stack like a cup on it. Right. But uh, would you say it's more exciting than the day that comeback player of the year is announced? <laughs> um, probably yes. I just I do you feel like we we transition too quickly into off season mode? I feel like like before the World Series was over. They were talking about Ellsbury's free agency on the broadcast, and I kind of wanted like a little bit of a just a just a little bit of a breather or something before we started doing rumors. Is that I guess uh, that's too much to ask. More exciting qualifying offer day or general managers meeting? Um, probably GM meeting. Period. Some stuff happens then. Does it? I think I think so. Uh, non-tender day though is that's is a good one. My, yeah, non-tender day is a, a solid. I would say non-tender day to me. Uh, I might, I might shoot. I think I might say that non-tender day is more exciting than the draft. Hmm. I like non-tender day. That's because the thing I like about we don't these, know the players who are getting drafted, whereas we know the players. Who are, no, that's exactly yeah. right. There's, I get, I get, I basically get no useful information. It just, it's all just flowing past me. Uh, and then, you know, a couple years later, the names will make sense. But the thing I love about non-tender day and the thing that I like about qualifying offer day is that it is a chance. Uh, it is a day when somebody uh, basically puts these players in order for me. So, like, I didn't I don't actually think I knew whether Kendry's Morales or A.J. Burnett is a better, better baseball player. Mm -hmm. um, and in my head, I, I thought that A.J. Burnett was. And I, I wouldn't have really even thought it was all that close. Like, I, if I had both players and their uh, salaries were the same, um, I would choose A.J. Burnett over Kendrick Morales easily, like, without even looking it up. Well, and yet, I'm told today that Kendrick Morales is actually a better baseballer well, than A.J. Burnett. I think there were some, some other circumstances going on there. Um, and are we, are we talking about this in any sort of systematic way, or are we just reflecting? Uh, no, no system. Okay, so so with Burnett, my understanding, based on on reading things about it, uh, is that he basically declared that he is going to be a pirate or nothing, 
a pirate or retired. And if you do that, then your your leverage is gone. I, I and if you're the sort of smaller market pirates, then you probably figure you can get him for twelve million or something instead of paying the the fourteen point one. So I think I think mm-hmm. that's that's what it is. It's not necessarily that they that they don't think he's as good as the Mariners think Kendris Morales is. It's more like they think they can get him for less because he apparently yeah. doesn't care that much about making money. Yeah, I and I could have said Bronson Arroyo instead of AJ Burnett, yeah. but I think AJ Burnett's better than Bronson Arroyo, maybe. But maybe that's not true either. The thing though that I mean, there are people who have, um, you know, retired, gone away for years, and then decided that they had second thoughts. Mm-hmm. It does not seem uh, inconceivable to me in the least that AJ Burnett would get some three-year, forty-five million dollar offer mm-hmm. from the Minnesota Twins and decide that. Well, probably not the twins, because no. he because he it has to be driving distance from his home in Maryland or wh- whatever it is that his wife can't drive uh, further than. Um, but you know the Orioles offer him three and forty five. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he takes it. So the Pirates would be kicking themselves in that situation. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the 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 whole the, the whole the whole thing about this that surprises me is that I'm just surprised that anybody doesn't get a qualifying <laughs> offer. I mean, obviously, to, that, that's not true. But, I mean, something that I've known to be true for a decade um, is that all the bad deal is, is in the long-term contract. And as, as someone used to say, uh, I don't know who used to say it. Somebody used to say it on the site. Uh, there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And... And that's not true. Like you, well, not you, but uh, apparently I and Major League Baseball teams actually have dramatically different ideas about um, the cost of of long-term risk. And teams don't seem to dread it the way that I I instinctively feel like they should. Mm -hmm. They actually don't seem to pay a premium for a short deal. And they don't seem to get a discount for long-term deals. And so it seems to me that um, that um, like Bronson Arroyo, you might not give him fourteen million dollars average annual value mm-hmm. because he's going to want three or four years. You might not give him mm-hmm. that, but if it, if he were willing to take one year, I don't know. I don't know how any team wouldn't offer him that. It seems like like you would rather have that than any three or four year deal that's going to be signed mm-hmm. this off season. But um, but I'm wrong. Uh, clearly, I'm wrong, right? Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it was. Heyman or someone said that the explanation was just that the Reds didn't have the money to risk that. I guess, like, I don't know, they're they're one of the smaller markets and probably lower revenue teams, and they've got all of the money uh, devoted to Vado. And, I don't know, Arroyo is going to be 37, and he doesn't strike people out, and I, I don't know. Um, I I see what you're saying, certainly. he's He's been consistently uh i mean he's pitched 200 innings like every year he never gets hurt um and of course that's only true of pitchers until they do but as far as health goes he's a he's a pretty low risk pitcher i would think and and he's generally decent useful um yeah so yeah devoted yeah 
Devoted Devado sounds like Latin. It sounds like a Latin phrase. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, I wonder what Devoted Devado would, would sound like. But the thing is that I don't expect that Arroyo would accept 1-14. I mean, that's basically my point, mm-hmm. is that he wants the long-term deal because he knows that's how he gets his 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 ridiculous contract, is, is on the back end. And so, yeah, it, they're risking having to pay him $14 million. That, to me, feels like an extremely... Uh, low stakes risk if he accepts it well you move some money around you dump you know ryan ludwig or something mm-hmm. you you know you you get a credit card to <laughs> take out a loan from from next year you figure out you figure out a way to pay i mean that's a that's an unforeseen circumstance but you know like they say if you're never if you never miss a flight then you're you're getting to the airport too early and if you never get stuck with one of these qualifying offers you're probably being too um, too passive mm-hmm. on it. You should. You probably should get stuck with one every once in a while. Are you surprised that Saltalamakia didn't get one? I guess under the principle that <laughs> under one. the principle that you're surprised everyone didn't, then that would include Saltalamakia. Uh, but yeah, the the Red Sox extended three of them, right? But did not extend one to uh, yeah Napoli, Drew Ellsbury, but not to Saltalamakia coming off. What is he? He's a 28-year-old catcher. Yeah, he, he yeah he'll turn 29 during next season. He's coming off his his best season, you could say. You you should say. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah, he's. I mean, he's not um, not a defensive whiz by any means, as we saw in the postseason. But he he hits. He's a he was a significantly better than league average hitter this year, and has historically been roughly a league average hitter and as a, a passable defender that's that's a pretty valuable player the somewhat tricky thing with Saltalamakia is that um unlike a lot of these guys you i mean you're only going to have one catcher really you're going to have your starter and you're going to have your backup and if you actually have in mind like if they're going into this offseason thinking we are targeting brian mccann yeah. um or you know maybe something else, but if they're going in saying we are targeting Brian McCann, and they have to wait for Salta Lamakia to 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 shake out before they can do anything, um, then uh, it makes it a little harder to pursue McCann well, because you it's can't, a week, right? You can't. Uh, well, yeah, but um, I mean, I guess it's a week before he accepts or declines. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, you're right. I was I was sort of thinking about how the Kyle Loesch thing yes. went forever right. and everyone, he kept saying, well, eventually he's going to just sign with the Cardinals because mm-hmm. nobody else will sign him. But yeah, I guess that's not a factor here. So, so never mind. So of the 13 players who received such offers, uh, and I'll just run down the list quickly for those of you who don't know, Beltran, Cano, Chu, Cruz, Drew, Ellsbury, Granderson, Ubaldo, Jimenez, Corota, McCann, Morales, Napoli, Santana. Uh, it seems like the the consensus is, or the the greatest surprise has come from from Morales, and this was this was reported, I think, a while ago that he was likely to be extended one, and also likely to decline it. And I think people were surprised to hear both of those things. Um, yeah. So, I I I get that uh, in that he's he's what a thirty year old, um, pretty much DH only. Uh, who is not not an elite hitter, a, a very good hitter, but not not 
you know, among the, the very best hitters in the league, and he's limited to probably AL teams, and there are only so many AL teams that even look like they would have a spot for a guy like that. Um, I think maybe he's offensively underrated a bit because of the parks he's played in. Like, if you if you look at his, his true averages, they're pretty impressive. Over the last four years, it goes 312, 309, 298, yeah. 300. Uh, I don't want to be, and I don't want to, I mean, this might be. He missed 2011. Her- her- so, yeah. this, might, this might be heresy, but I think you could also suggest that he might be overrated uh-huh. because park factors are m- uh-huh. maybe, uh, I don't know. I'm just saying they might be a little screwy right uh-huh. now. Yeah, that's possible. So maybe it's maybe it's somewhere in between. But you look at the he has not been a, he has not been a great road hitter. Uh-huh. He is like a basically a seven fifty road hitter. Yeah. So that's that's not <laughs> that's not. Would you would you give a fourteen million dollar one year deal to a a seven fifty OPS road hitter? No, he's doesn't. The, he's the one guy. There's five guys who didn't get a qualifying offer that I would have given before Kendrys Morales. Who? Uh, oh, <laughs> you didn't I, actually I, mean five. You just. Just pulled that number out of dinner. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. Salty Arroyo, um, Salty Arroyo Burnett. I would, I think that I would put Morales and, and Vargas. I mean, mm-hmm. Morales was traded for Vargas, and I think uh, I thought that was a reasonable deal at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that they both completely lived up to their career stories mm-hmm. uh, in the last year. Nothing has particularly changed. It's conceivable that I don't know. Maybe I think that Morales took a little bit of an edge, but considering where the Angels are. Uh, I would have I would have expected the Angels to sign uh, to offer Vargas before the, the uh, before I would offer Morales. The the thing about Morales that I I read in every one of these these analyses of of him getting a qualifying offer is or and not just him but in some of the other ones too is like uh, this line of thinking that there's no power hitters anymore. Yeah, I, and so close up like. The- this is not. This is not a. It's not a real thing. Like, right. like you. If you say there are no starting pitchers available, well, that's a real thing. Every team needs a starting pitcher. You need five of them. In fact, you you need five starting pitchers. You need a person who can catch. If there were no catchers, that would be significant. If you didn't have a catcher, because you need one. You need a second baseman. You need various things. Uh, you know, on your team, there is no minimum number of power bats <laughs> that you need. Though. Like there's no, was, there's no that rule. That was the Mariners' philosophy last winter, though, as we discussed, needed a power bat. As we did discuss, yeah. So the power bat is 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 a arbitrary phrase that is that is constantly changing in relationship to the reality of Major League Baseball. So in fact, there are exactly as many power bats as there have always been. It is exactly the same as it has always been. And even if it's not, even if somehow like the power bats all dried up. It wouldn't matter. You don't need them. You can you can do other things in baseball besides have three guys with power in the middle of your order. So um, so I if if teams are really putting a premium on Kendrys Morales because they look around and they see that 27 home runs finished sixth in the National League uh, this year, uh, that's illogical. Hmm. Yeah, that I've I've kind of been kind of been wrestling with this whole no and it it's often it seems like it's often there's no right-handed power there's always some some sort of power that there isn't uh and i've heard there i've heard the, this a know, lot about nobody, prospects too lately yes not just in yeah. the major leagues i mean it's like offense is down um but it's not 
I mean, is is pow- how much disproportionately is power down relative to like contact or whatever? I mean, there are no contact hitters anymore. Well, I was just going to say, I was, this was going to be my my drop the mic moment, is that uh, last year nobody had 200 hits, which is like crazy. Like, how does there, how is nobody up 200 hits in the season? But nobody's out there going, well, you need to pay a premium for your slap hitting, you know, singles <laughs> right. hitters, because there's no more, there's no more contact guys mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Juan Pierre's not cashing in mm-hmm. this year because he's the only guy who can get 175 hits or whatever. Um, so... Yeah, it's. I, I mean, to me, it's it's silly. It's a very weird way of processing the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of these people who got offers, and I guess other than Morales, maybe are there? Is there anyone on the list who you expect to have the the Loesch sort of Michael Bourne lingering into spring training because no one wants to give him a draft pick for the with the amount of money that he feels he deserves? I think. Well, I think Granderson will accept. And I don't. I I have a hard time sort of seeing Granderson topping one and fourteen, mm-hmm. either one or fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think he'll accept. I don't I don't think there's a lot of pressure on him to to go anywhere. Um, and I think Morales, if Morales doesn't accept, is going to get shut out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it seems sort of unthinkable that Urban Santana is going to be in demand, but. He is. He's going to be in demand. It's like, this is my problem, <laughs> not his, that I can't see this. Right. Uh, and I guess, I guess Napoli's not a, not a gimme. Um, I mean, he's got, he's got exactly the same hip that he had a year ago. And the fact that he played on it for a year doesn't change what doctors are going to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a doctor is going to look at his hip and see the exact same thing. Now, a team will... Um, be somewhat less worried about it because they've seen him play a year, but they're going to ask their doctor, and their doctor's going to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, Nelson Cruz is kind of like a maybe a slightly more attractive Morales, so you could say that that he might have some of the same issues, except he also has that right-handed power that you got to get. So uh, I guess he's okay. Um, I don't know. Someone, I, someone will sign. I guess Beltron would be the next most affected guy, maybe just because he's older, um, or or Drew possibly. Yeah, Drew. Yeah. I was, I, I was, yeah. I, I it wouldn't have it wouldn't have shocked me if Drew hadn't gotten an offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But I guess Morales is the only one who it seems like teams just won't <laughs> won't even think he's potentially won't even think he's worth the draft pick and signing him for for more than this um should we should we discuss the the system at all in that people are making a a big deal maybe in a justified uh, for justified reasons of the fact that that six of these guys are Yankees and Red Sox and that this this system ostensibly is supposed to be increasing or yeah increasing competitive balance and really it's it's kind of just helping the the bigger market teams who who tend to to have these players in the first place because they can they can sign them and have them on their teams and they don't have to trade them before their contracts are up and uh they can afford to to risk their accepting a qualifying offer because they have the payroll to do that and it just makes it more difficult for 
other teams to sign them instead of leveling the playoff playing field at all. So it's kind of more of a more of a, a leveling effect on the salaries than than the competition. Yeah, well, uh, I was thinking about writing about this tomorrow, and so I don't want to say much because as soon as I say something out loud, I can't write it anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will just say that it's the, the dumbest system in the world. <laughs> it's just 100% dumb start to finish. Mm-hmm. It is soup to nuts. S- stupid. I, I wonder whether it will survive the next CBA. I'd be sort of surprised if it did. I mean, well, if I say this, then I can't write it. I'm afraid to say, <laughs> just I'm afraid to whisper. use any, any line, just, but, but if just imagine somebody message me and I'll us. read it out loud. No, imagine us, imagine anybody emailing us for Wednesday email show and, pro- and proposing this <laughs> like as an idea, we would never read that email. And we've had some pretty far-fetched proposals that we have discussed in depth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. It's stupid. <laughs> all right. Uh, is that all we have to say about qualifying offers? Sure. Okay. So we'll be back tomorrow. We should have an interesting guest, I hope, for tomorrow's show. And you should be sending us emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com.